Welcome back to First Draft, Phil. My name is Phil Lager, and this is part three of my conversation with Randy Bonifield, who is a worship leader, singer-songwriter, um, who serves as a worship pastor at the Christ Community Church in Leewood, Kansas. And if you enjoy music theory and nerding out a little bit about that kind of thing, melodies and um, and chord structure and rhythmic patterns and all that kind of stuff, you're going to like today's conversation because we dive into that a little bit. Um, so without further ado, just sit back and relax and enjoy this third part of my conversation with Randy Bonifield. Wrapping this up just a little bit because I've kept you late and thank no, you for I, staying, I, staying you late. You know, listen, I love, I can talk for hours. I, I, my wife can tell you that. So. <laughs> um, and especially about stuff that I'm passionate about. Sure. And love. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we didn't even talk about artistry. Yeah, I know. You know yeah. Which yeah. I, we could talk about artistry. Yeah. The, the floor is yours. You can say, <laughs> say whatever you want. Well, to. I mean, so, so, I mean, you understand this. Uh, there's kind of that. What's, you know, what's the fine line between artistry and functionality? Like, what we do as worship artists, yeah. I'm going to call myself that. Yeah. I'm a worship songwriter. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we have to combine beauty and function. And, yeah. so, and sometimes it can feel like you're, uh, uh, you're a prisoner to your own device. But... Uh, at the same time, I feel the need to press it and push it forward in okay. ways. Yeah. So, uh, can you give me an example? Uh, of that? Well, so what I mean by that is, uh, so one of the arguments that, that you know I, we I try and get my students to talk through is what's a singable melody. And how do you how do you determine if, if a melody is singable? Um, is, does it have how, to does it how, have to be boring? Is a piece of rope, right? Does it have to be boring to be to be singable? Uh, um, you know, or can a song like "You Are Good" by Israel Houghton, um, ha, which has a very difficult, so very very simple melody, right? But rhythmically, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and then let's talk about chords. Yeah, you know that thing goes from it, it, so uh, it's one to five over one to seven now major we're the music over theory. one. Yeah, seven uh, major over one to four, and then there's times that he's playing a six major chord and a seven major chord. Yeah, and then he at a certain point he plays one as a minor chord, one to three minor. Yeah, yeah, ba 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 Right. Yeah. So this mu- this music is very interesting. Yeah. It's very right. complex, yeah. but it's a very singable song. Right. And I that would, difficult yeah. rhythm yeah, 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 of da 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 In my mind, you're asking uh, uh, two different things of two different groups of people. You're asking, you're raising the bar of musical excellence for your band. Right. People who are yep. making it enjoyable for your kind, but you're making the entry level for your congregation is is is, is pretty low, right? Right. That's what I would say about. But that you're song. making it so that your 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 really high caliber musicians right. are really enjoying playing. Exactly. I mean, so it's it's a it's a, it's a fun yeah. combination. Yeah. But 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 what we but what what I mean by this idea of of sort of artistry and functionality is that you are particularly writing a song that is meant to be sung yeah. by someone other than yourself right right so which means that you have to be thinking about yeah how will yeah. someone engage in this song yeah 
and participate in it. There are definitely visit any Facebook worship group or any online forum talking about these things. And there are two distinct groups of people. If we want to really dive into the weeds of worship and music, there are people that say, as far as choosing songs for your congregation, there is a range. There is a yeah. range. And there are people that will say, that will say that's old school thinking. No, you choose whatever's comfortable for the lead vocalist to sing. Mm-hmm. You get him to be or him or her to be into it, and the congregation will follow you. There's two distinct. There's two yeah. very distinct. As I far tend to range. be more of the former. I tend to be more of the former as yeah. well. But again, um, I come from a well, little bit of old school training. I, I also argue that every worship leader that sings in a high range. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard this said before. I don't know if it's particularly true. Uh, so, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've heard that Chris Tomlin has said that the reason he places songs in the keys that he does is because a he can sing them there, right. and b he performs in arenas. Yeah. And the idea right. in an arena yeah. is to get people to sing as loudly as they can. Right. And the only way you can get a guy to sing loudly <laughs> is if he has to shout it. That's true. Right. Yeah. So, that's true. <laughs> no, that's definitely yeah. true. And but I, yeah. I'm not leading in an arena. I'm leading. I'm leading in a church. Yes. One thing I appreciate about you, and I don't. I don't know if this is something that has taken you a while to come to, but when you talk about range, you 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 sing in a range that's good good for you. It was, mm-hmm. It's taken me ages to realize that when I'm when I'm doing that, when I'm leading, I don't have to sing. And like I can actually sing in something that's comfortable for me, yeah. Um, and be aware of the energy, and that I'm not die- and I'm not, right. I'm not, my energy's not too low all the time, but that um, I can just be the vocalist that God. I can use the, the voice that God gave me, you know, yeah. the range that God gave me. There's room on that for. There's room there for improvement. You know, but um, so let me ask you. I want to ask you. My point is, you feel it seems like you. you, I'm not saying you don't sing high or or you don't have range because you do have range, but you don't. It doesn't seem. It seems you you feel good in the range that you're in and that you're yourself. This is one thing that keeps coming up on our podcast is that people are themselves and they own the voice they have. Yeah. Well, and and I would even say that uh, so being yourself musically is really really important to even your congregation. Hmm. So what I've found is when we do the music that I love, my congregation responds amazingly. Hmm. They love it. They sing. They sing more because they know that I love this. Yeah. So I I tend to kind of lean into. Uh, well, I so one of the other things that I do is I try to encourage. I try to encourage a variety of, uh, or, or train other worship leaders yeah. uh, to do what I do. So I have um, two other groups, well, three, really. Three of my four weeks at my church are, are I'm having other people lead with yeah. me yeah. for the sake of training them to be leaders. Yeah. Um, so I might be, I don't want to say dumbing down, that's not the right word. I might be leaning toward their skills rather than mine yeah, yeah. To, so that they can lead well and gotcha. own what they, what they do. Um, yeah. So there are times where, there's one week where I'm like, well, this is just kind of the week that I sort of lean into my gospel roots. And, right. Um, and, uh, and I found that my congregation really loves it. 
Yeah. It's not because they all love gospel music. It's just, I think they just they know yeah. that it, it lights me yeah. up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we find the places that light us up oh. and where we find our sweet spots, yeah. people know it. I, I yeah. can't tell you. <laughs> how, I've heard you several times, and there are moments when you are sort of at your most sensitive. It's like I'm getting to sit with you as you sit at the feet of Jesus. Huh. And when I hear that, um, I get pulled in there with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so I think that's one of those, that's, it's one of those attributes that people sense in us as leaders when we're, I don't, I don't want to call it being authentic because I hate that. <laughs> but you know what I know what you mean. But, but it's it, that it, It's of, so interesting because the guy that, I was, that is here this weekend at the same retreat was saying how he shies away from his own songs, choosing his own songs. And I have too for years. I have, as well. have shied away. I stopped doing that recently. Praise I really the did. Lord. I, I said it's time for me to just write them. Because. And get them out there. It is true. I mean, if it's coming from a heart that loves the Lord, mm-hmm. that you're being who God made you really are. Like he's made you into this person, this artist, then how could it not, how could, how could it not draw other people into worship if you were doing what God made you to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and God knows all our hearts. We got to wrap this up yeah. because we're at an Airbnb and I told the host that I wouldn't be late. So, but um, one last question for you. What, um, what ex- um, two last questions, actually, and you don't have to be long if you don't want to. Uh, is there what excites you? What concerns you about the future of uh, worship in the church? What do you like about what you're seeing, and what are you concerned about? You can flip those order if you, if you want to end on a positive note. Yeah, let me let me end on a positive note. I think what I uh, I think what I don't like. Is that the right word? Um, what I'm not excited about is I'm not excited about uh, a particular, um, gosh, let's see. I'm not excited about the fact that we often, we have like these 
these entities that take over our, our, our public airwaves space that are not always the best sources for us to be finding music. Um, specifically in terms of um, the theology of from whence they came. Uh, what, what I would also call a truncated version of the gospel, one that doesn't fully encompass um, God's complete story. Mm. Um, but also uh, one that, that really has some faulty and troublesome uh, both history and um, teaching yeah. connected to it. Sure. And, yeah. and I, 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 I wish that wasn't the case. I also, I, I get um, weary of the, um, sorry, I'm trying to be kind in the way I'm saying things. I get weary in the, the, the commercialization of worship. I know that it's good in some aspects, in some, you know, it's good. So for instance, I'll use this example. I was at a concert recently. We went, we took our students and we took our worship team and our students together to go see a concert because we wanted them to find some connection with our worship team. Yeah. And we went and saw Maverick City in concert with Kirk Franklin, who I uh, adore. Yeah, um, Jonathan McReynolds, who's ridiculously talented. Anthony Evans was there. Mm. Um, Tamala Man. It was just a oh, just a fun evening of music. But one of the things that was really wonderful about this commercialization of worship music is that we, the fifteen thousand people that were there at this concert, black, white. 80 years old. At one point, one of the people tried to get find out how old people were. There were people in their 80s there, <laughs> as well as people in their you know teens. Yeah. Um, and we were all singing together this music that had been made popular via YouTube and Spotify and radio and all that. Yeah. So there are some good qualities of that. Yeah. That common hymnody is one of them. Um, however, there are times that it feels it just looks icky. Yeah. And it just feels like he is it for you. I know, I think I know what you're saying and I've discussed this okay. with my friend Tom Freeman, but, but, but I mean, it's easy to learn the right language for, you know, yeah. everybody. Oh, you know, and to yell at this time and to, you know, it's, it's kind of easy for us as to be consumers and, and play a part, play a role instead of, yeah. I mean, there's that word again, authentically engaging. Um, is that it, or is it, is it something else about it? That I don't know. I think maybe I just get turned off by like subculture kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that might be, be me just being a snob. <laughs> Seriously, I, yeah, you know, am fine. I just That's being fair. a snob? That's fair. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what um, excites you? Uh, so what excites me is is uh, we are seeing right now uh, a really incredible diversity in representation in music yeah that and people collaborating and working together I mean Matt Marr and D Wilson just came out with a project D Wilson is in a group called common hymnal 
Okay. Uh, Matt Marr, you know, we Nobody. all know from you yeah. know writing Lord I Need You. And, <laughs> right. Um, some of the, but they just came out with a, a collaborative project that was really designed around a song that they wrote together called Common Ground. Okay. Um, and it's all about racial reconciliation. Mm. Um, we're seeing we're seeing uh, representation in Maverick City. Yeah. Seeing representation in uh, it, it, it's it, and it's not just. It doesn't feel like it's just token representation. Right. It feels like we are welcoming one another to the mm -hmm. table mm -hmm. and saying, you have a voice here, yeah. just like I have a voice here. Mm -hmm. And I think we need more spaces like that, where where you, we are not just sitting at the same table, but we are, we are all speaking and being heard at the same table. Mm -hmm. And that's happening musically. Yeah, in some spaces yeah. that that really encourages me. When I see some of the makeup of our churches here in Kansas City, mm. a city that has been ripped to shreds by racism, um, and we have dividing lines in their city based on from redlining um, history, and I, I know a lot of cities have this kind yeah, of history. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we have, however, one of the people who was he was pivotal in the city planning of this city and then he was recruited to help other cities plan yeah, similarly well. mm. so uh with that in mind we are seeing in our city right now congregations down here in this downtown area where we're sitting right now mm. that are are merging those ethnicities and demographics and socioeconomically and yeah, so those kinds of things to me are really exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> well, Randy Bonifield, um, we could talk a lot longer because sure I, I could I could go down that even even just that whole idea of um who has the power, you know. Mm. And uh huh. Jesus gave his up, didn't he? Mm -hmm. he, he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I will, I will refrain from uh, <laughs> waxing philosophically and preaching a sermon. Um, nothing like a tangential conversation. Nothing right? like a tangential conversation, yes. I want to bless you. Like, I want oh. to honor you for who you are and for, for me personally, for being... Uh, a, a just a real prophetic and wise voice in my life, and I know that I'm not alone in that. Um, and I just I thank God for you. I thank God for the gifts that you have. Uh, I think that's Jesus in you, and thank you for that. Yeah. Thank so you. thanks for being on the first draft, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it was as enjoyable for you as it was for me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Have you back for part two and we'll talk about. Well, we can solve the world's problems. We can solve we can the world's problems. Just 15 more minutes. <laughs> All right, brother. God bless.
chains Come sing for joy Sing to the Lamb who has conquered our sin Sing to the King who is coming again Come sing for joy Well, that was a fun conversation. Uh, and I am so thankful to Randy for agreeing to spend a little bit of time with me just catching up and talking about everything we talked about. Um, if you haven't listened to part one and two, I encourage you to go back and listen to those conversations as well. Um, I am just about to head out uh, of my house. Like literally when I press stop on this recording, uh, I'm headed out to the West Coast to lead worship um, with some friends of mine. And it's going to be a good time. And uh, next week, hopefully, I will be posting a conversation that I'm going to have with those guys, uh, my friends Aaron and Chris Weichel and Tom and Rachel Freeman. We'll see. We'll see if we can squeeze it in because I know it's going to be a full weekend. Um, but regardless, I will have uh, an episode up next week, every Tuesday, new episode of First Draft Phil coming out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for leaving a review. Thanks for following, subscribing, liking, uh, and thanks for your prayers as well. Love you guys. Catch you later.